I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, writer and Synergist, on his birthday. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? On my birthday. You know, today's Fan Pulse Friday, and we're going to take a little pulse of the fan base today. But <laughs> I can't wait to see what they're going to say. So I, I, I click on my Facebook. I, I hardly ever get on my Facebook. And I click on my Facebook to look up the Mavs Nation Facebook page. And, of course, there's like a gazillion thousand people that's writing me happy birthday. People that I don't talk to all year long, but they just log on Facebook and they get the notification or they see it's like, oh, it's Isaac's birthday today. So they write me on there. I'm like, oh, it's all good. And, like, I'm glad you reached out and spent the time. But I haven't talked to you, some of you, in like two or three years. But anyway, um, I feel – I don't really feel – I don't know – how do you feel on your birthday? Do you enjoy birthdays or do you, does it like make you sit back and like think about life and like where you're not at in life? <laughs> <laughs> um, as of late, I think more on the latter of that. <laughs> um, but I mean, birthdays are fine. I don't, you, I don't do, I don't do it up really big for birthdays or anything like that. I don't get super excited about them or some people do like birthday weeks. Big. That's kind of cool. People do birthday weeks, and people act like sometimes their birthday is like this massive thing that everybody should know about, and you know they're like offended if you don't know it's their birthday. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, no. I, now I woke up this morning, and my wife had the like the living room decorated with this like banner and balloons and like all this stuff, and then and it kind of like reversed on my dog. My dog like freaks out about it, and so now she like won't walk <laughs> around the living room and. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of funny. But I don't I, I take it like deeper. Like I, I on my birthday I always like think about life and I'm like, you know, thank God for another year and like all this stuff, but I also think about I'm like, oh crap, where am I at now? I'm like inching closer to uh uh thirty and uh nope. soon. And uh I'm like, dang, I'm I've been on this earth. What am I doing right now? So uh but no, it's it's cool. This is my first birthday with uh, my little son, so my son's actually beside me right now, so it's pretty awesome. Can't complain, uh, but I can complain about the Mavericks. And can, can complain, and we will. <laughs> the uh, so today, what we're gonna get to is, uh, like Isaac said, it's fan fan pulse Friday because of my computer issues. Which, if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, which a ton of you did, um, if uh, if you haven't listened to that one, my computer ha- has a uh, it does not connect to the internet anymore, and so I'm hopefully getting it fixed uh, on Friday. And so we're recording this in kind of a weird sort of way. So if the audio sounds a little different, that's why we're recording this in a back channel sort of way. Uh, basically, just essentially magic. We're on we're in the dark <laughs> web. Yeah, I'm not really sure how we're doing this. Um, so if the audio sounds a little different, that's why. But today, well, we normally do a Fan Pulse Friday. We take the pulse of the fan. We're going to do that a little bit today. We got a bunch of news to get to. Um, there was a video pulled from the broadcast last night that I actually missed while I was watching the game. But um, Sean Sharif of 105.3 uh, 
picked it up. And uh, and so we're going to talk about that. There's something Carlisle said to Dennis Smith Jr. that we're going to get into. So we'll talk about that. Also, there was some news about Jimmy Butler. It's kind of news, kind of not. Um, no, from Brian I think Windhorst it's news. About, about Jimmy Butler. And so we'll, we'll talk about that in the new segment. And then we're going to do take the uh, the pulse of Mavs, of Mavs Nation and the Mavs fans. So we're going to talk about a bunch of Mavs Nation um, Facebook posts that we think are funny and maybe necessary, maybe not. And then uh, take a look at our mentions. We get a ton of questions in our mentions. And so on Twitter. Hey guys, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm horrible about this during games. And when people will ask me questions or – and I'm so, I just get – I get into the game and I don't check, and then I just scroll through them, and I'm sorry. So, it's not I'm not doing it out of meanness for not responding. Right, and and so we're gonna try to answer those things now on the on the fan pulse is when we're gonna do that. So we're gonna do a little segment about um, about with our mention the questions in our mentions, um, and then uh, let's preview the Raptors game. The Mavericks play the Raptors tonight on Friday night, and it'll be an interesting game. So we'll preview that game. That's what we're doing. Got a Huge packed podcast today. We're excited. This is the second time we've attempted to start this podcast, and so we're ready to go, Isaac. <laughs> we are we are uh, more than ready to go. All right, and let's get into it. In the news, the Dallas Mavericks dropped a teaser video of their new city jerseys. You know, Nike came out with new jerseys last year. They took over the jerseys from Adidas, and so they had the... Uh, the city jersey last year, which was the black one with the uh, green, tr- the neon green trim that people either loved or hated, and so now, and so every year they're gonna have one new city jersey every single year. So there's something new every single year. And so this year, uh, the teaser was dropped, and it looks to me, Isaac thought it looked lo- more like a navy blue. I think it's a, I think it's black. I think it's a, it's a black jersey with like powder blue trim, and uh, then there was the tagline "True Grit." afterwards and they said that they were going to be dropped what was it november 9th yeah november 9th they're going to be dropped fully isaac what's your first reaction to this well i can't uh, share too many of my reactions to it um but the baby blue is uh, very dear to my heart i'll leave that at that i will say this is the only thing i'll say about it um it's different than i it's different than what I had a conversation with last year. When I did a story on the city jerseys last year and I, quote, pulled back the curtain uh, <laughs> on uh, the design and color scheme and everything uh, with those jerseys last year, I was I had a conversation with somebody last year about uh, the direction that uh, the city jerseys would be going for the 2018-19 season. And I'll just say that that, direction is not where it is now so so they did it they made them a different way so they did change it up at some point along the way because what what i was told back then uh, is definitely not what it is now or what it's going to be now um not saying now is like horrible but it's just a little different but yes i love baby blue because uh north carolina tar heels and that's awesome of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, I'm I'm skeptical, and I'm I would like to see them, but we'll uh, we'll see. So go look at the Mavs Twitter, and you'll see that video. Um, true grit. Also, the true. Okay, this is my thoughts on the true grit <laughs> tagline. That that phrase grit is owned by the Grizzlies, and the Mavericks will never do anything to take that away from the Grizzlies. So I figure you need to come up with your own word, and you can't use something that's already been used. From a team in your own division. Isn't that like a Jeff Bridges movie? True Grit? Anyway. 
I guess. I don't know. I It probably is. I've never seen it. <laughs> All right. Also in the news, the Mavericks were supposed to have practice today, and they kind of did. They decided to cancel their physical practice and just have a long film session. This is according to Chuck Cooperstein today on Twitter. Isaac, thoughts on the full long film session? And what do you think was the first thing they pointed out? Uh, hey, Wes, can you come up to the front? No. <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean... <laughs> yeah, but that's that's one of those games where like you just go through the whole game. I mean, and start from beginning of hey, look how hot we started. What did we do right in this game? And then go into what was the turning point? What made us start shooting so bad? The decisions, and then the whole second half, fourth quarter, and I'm sh- I'm sure that the coaches have admitted their places in that too, and. The players and I don't know that I I completely understand. I looked at that and said, okay, cool. Like, and it's a long you know long fly Atlanta, to, not super super long, but to Toronto. I, I think they said that you know they they got in super late and so yeah. I mean, I, cool. They had a players only meeting last night, so uh, we're four games in. So if they want to have a all day film session, then cool. Yeah. It's it's fine, and I think this is necessary. I think it's ne- it you know you can practice and do the physical things and run through drills and stuff, but until you get into, I think this team's problem more so is um, implementation of strategy. <laughs> I think there is a strategy. I think it's there. I don't think the team is implementing it. A lot of people. We're going to get to this in our uh, fan Paul segment where we talk about you know where the blame is being drawn from for for losses like this, and I think that there is. I think Carlisle does have some blame, but I I don't think that they're doing what Carlisle is asking them to do. <laughs> do you think that's fair? Um, I, I think there's both sides. Yeah, I think there's both sides. I just don't want to like. Hit, well, we'll okay. get into we'll get into it. There, there's avenues I just can't go down, and we've talked about this a lot <laughs> between me and you. And I can't go down too far in a public sense, but. Yeah, the, I think both sides, I think, are to blame. And I think both sides would admit Sure, that. and that's why you have to come together and try to align that again in a film session like this. So I think it's good. Um, hopefully hopefully, good things will come out of it and they won't look flat against the Raptors because they didn't get a practice in. Um, also, in the news, there's the, the video that I mentioned at the top of the show uh, posted by Sean Sharif. You can go look at his page and find the video. It's he's uh, I think he's at 1053SS. It's a video of Dennis Smith Jr. walking by Rick Carlisle on the sidelines. You can see Dennis, and Dennis looks upset. And Rick Carlisle mouths the words to him, what's the matter? And Or says it, and we see we just see the mouthing because we can't hear him. Um, so... This was like the second quarter, right? This was in... Now you're putting me on the spot, Isaac. Well, I'm I'm I make that point because I seen that tweet and I seen some people's responses and some people were responding saying, "Well, Dennis got hurt. He hurt his knee." And I'm pretty sure this is like two quarters yes. before he hurt his yeah, knee. Yeah, yeah. This 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 so was it's in the not this quarter. is not Rick asking. Yeah, this is not Rick asking him, "Hey, what's the matter with your like knee like injury?" Because that happened later on in the game in the fourth. Correct. Yes. Yeah. This was in the second quarter. I think with four minutes and three seconds. Uh, left in the second quarter, so he wasn't hurt at this point. We hadn't even seen any kind, of, any stuff like that. Um, so Dennis seemed like he was upset, and Sean Sharif posted with this video. He said the the Dennis Smith Jr. mystery continues. Looks lethargic, pouty, and disinterested. Thought I caught Carlisle asking, "What's the matter?" So I want to address this. I don't think that this is just Dennis being pouty and disinterested. 
I think that Dennis is still trying to find his fit. We knew this was going to be a thing. We knew he was going to have a struggle trying to figure out where to fit around Luka. And if you look, if you look at the first quarter of this game against the Hawks, it was the Luka show. Luka was hitting all these shots. He was taking all these shots. I mean, Wes and Dorian Finney-Smith and DeAndre Jordan didn't touch the ball for a good four minutes in that first quarter. It was just Luka doing his thing. Dennis kind of taking the ball up. Luka doing his thing. So, of course, Dennis is going to have some, you know, weird things trying to figure out how to, to, you know, make his name in this offense. And then specifically on that play, the play right before Carlisle asked Luke or asked uh, Dennis, what's the matter? It was a fast, it was sort of a fast break. Luca's bringing the, or Dennis brings the ball up, hands it to Luca. Luca's not the top of the key. He sees Brunson on the right, Dennis on the left. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying this wrong. Luca was bringing the ball up the court. He sees Brunson on the right wing, Dennis on the left wing. They're both wide open on, on either wing. And he passes it to Brunson. Brunson try, is about to attempt a three. Dwayne Dedman comes all the way from the free throw line, closes out, and jumps. So Brunson has to readjust. Dennis is still wide open on the other side. So Dennis has now been passed up twice because Brunson could have passed it over to, to Dennis and Luca could have tried to pass it over to Dennis at the beginning. Brunson throws up a shot. It gets blocked. DeAndre Jordan gets the ball. And he could have also passed it to Dennis because Dennis is still wide open in the corner. He's waving his arms the whole possession. He's just over there waving his arms, and he's not being guarded. And um, DeAndre decides to pass the ball to Luca, who is in the backcourt. Luca is not even past the half court. He had run back on defense <laughs> because he thought that there was going to be a turnover after Brunson got blocked. So after all this, Dennis got passed up three different times. He's wide open the whole possession. He's walking down the court frustrated because they just had a turnover because they had a backcourt violation because DeAndre Jordan threw it into the backcourt. And he walks by Carlisle frustrated, and Carlisle asks him, what's the matter? To me, I think that's what it was more about. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, we I don't... I get weary when it comes to these videos that's just pulled straight from a game because we just don't know. I mean, the only thing we have to operate on is how the game is going or what just happened or the play that just happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, if if that was the case, then I guess so. I mean, I'm not – it's too early for me to buy into body language and pow – I don't like people – I just – I don't know. When – we use the word like pouting and like babyish uh, towards a player. That that makes me feel uncomfortable, and I don't like using that uh, type of stuff. But like, it's just going to take a long. Like, I don't care to dress in body language, but it's going to take a little bit long. He was the way he addressed Luca coming in, and like their relationship, and how it's hit you know hit it off, and how everything coming out like of training camp and all that stuff, like. It's just going to take longer for me to really buy into, hey, after three or four games that Dennis is so mad and he's having all this bad body language. And, yeah, I think people gravitate towards that because that was something people tried to bring up in his NC State days. And I thought that that was a little overblown back then. We talked about it a little bit on his player preview like two years ago or, gosh, however long we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> um, that sounds weird saying that. But, like, that we did a draft profile on Dennis Smith Jr. Now, um, but anyway, yeah, you can I mean, go back and listen to it if you'd like. It's in the archives. Yeah, so like, I get that that's being brought up and stuff. I wonder if that would be brought up right now if it wasn't something brought up at the NC State days. Um, but I'm not really buying. I'm not really reading that much into it. I mean, it does look like very clear that Rick Eisen was the matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think he's been frustrated is, about his play to start the. 
I think that's more of anything. I think he's mad at himself. He's shooting and like just 20% like, from three. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he, he spent so long of working on a shot over the summer and everything, and it's just not going down right now. Like, I like I watched that whole game the other night, not the Hawks game. Um, I can't remember what game it was, where he had just a really bad game. And I watched all of his possessions. And, yes, I guess it was the Bulls game. And I watched all of his possessions and all of his shots that he shot horribly on. And I am like... They're op- a lot of them are open shots. They're good shots. He just missed them. Like he just flat out missed them. And like I'm, I'm a, like I'm, a, I can accept that compared to somebody shooting like twenty times and you know, and they're all just stupid four shots off the dribble. You know, or like one footed or something like that. Like that's that's where I would be more worried. But if 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 somebody's missing just open threes or open jump shots, then I'm like, okay, like. You're getting good shots, but you're just you're just missing them right now. So we just need to we need to calm down a little bit and let's <laughs> no. get a couple months in couple months into the season on the uh, on yeah, and we'll see where we're at then. Yeah, I just don't think there's any validity to the um, the pouting thing yet. I think he's just more frustrated himself. Yeah. There's there's no like division between him and Luca yet. Like you haven't seen every single player is gonna besides Kawhi Leonard, every single player is gonna show frustration if they're shooting the way he is. <laughs> <laughs> or if they're playing the way he is. Like, that's just part of it. Unless you just show no emotion at all. Like, <laughs> I expect that from him. So Everyone but Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Jimmy Butler thing, and then we'll move on. Um, all right. So, from Brian Windhorst, he was talking about teams that still are interested in, in Jimmy Butler. Uh, he mentions the Clippers. He mentions, the, you know, the Heat you know, attempting a deal and things like that. And he said, the Mavs are a team that want him talking about Jimmy Butler. Now he's talking about the Mavs. Direct direct quote. That's a direct quote. That's literally what he said. The Mavs are a team that want him, him implying Jimmy Butler. And then he said, those are teams that have salary cap space. So they know they can sign him without trading anything for him in the summer. So they're interested in him. They're interested in Jimmy Butler. I tweeted this. I quoted, I quoted the clip and just, you know, wrote that, you know, the Mavs are a team that want Jimmy Butler. And somebody responded and was like, you're taking this out of context and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how am I taking this out of context? The Mavs are a team that want Jimmy Butler. Plain and simple. That's it. <laughs> and I'm not. A, and, I'm, and, it's, and Brian Windhorst is in the top six to eight, yes. you know, reporters that you would trust on something like that. Like right. that of something that, I mean, this isn't some random local guy just throwing it out there. This is a national guy. Right. And, um, and so that's all I take from it. And then when he talks about how those are teams that have salary cap space, they know that they can just sign him outright in the summer instead of actually trying to make a trade for him. That to me says the Mavericks aren't going to make a trade. That <laughs> they're they're not even looking or interested in a trade. They've they've probably talked about the framework of a deal. All all teams talk about, you know, that kind of stuff. We I heard um oh man, who was on it was a, a basketball podcast recently. Was it Elton Brand? With with JJ Redick or with Woj, somebody with Woj I think was uh, was talking about how no 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 it was um it was Daryl Morey with Woj, Daryl Morey with Woj was talking about what they have to do on draft night and tr- and uh, and um on the trade deadline they have to be ready at a moment's notice for a team to call them up and say hey we'd like to offer you that this player for this player or blah 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 this framework of a deal they have to know you know instinctively. If they're going to say yes or no, essentially, for that. Because there's just not a lot of time, especially during a draft where you have these, like, literally, literal 
timed picks. And so they go through all these scenarios where they talk about, okay, what would we do if they offered this? What would we do if we said this? How do we value this player? And they said, he said, Daryl Morey said they go through like thousands of scenarios that will never ever happen. And his wife gets gets frustrated with him because he always brings up these hypothetical scenarios. She's like, is that real? And he's like, no, that's not a real deal. We're just talking about it. <laughs> so, hmm. um, that's what I think the Mavericks are doing with Jimmy Butler. They, they probably talked about what they would do if they would trade for him, but they don't feel like they need to, and they probably don't feel like they're going to either. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, when Horse brings up the Mavericks in this podcast and says that, you know, voluntarily of say, hey, I, you know, saying that he knows the Mavericks want Butler. And it it goes with their mindset and what they've been saying all along of, Hey, we want to win now. We want to push for the playoffs now. And, you know, we've, we've briefly talked about Jimmy Butler ever since the news first broke. It felt like months ago. Um, but we've never really addressed it head on from a Mavericks perspective. And really if Dallas got involved, because I see, I didn't understand for the longest time, or for a bit there, why why Minnesota we even hold on to Jimmy Butler? Like you just need to get him out of there. I mean, even now they look, you know, just the whole team. But once the season starts getting along, and you get these teams like like Dallas and like you know maybe teams above Dallas that want to win now, and it's like how bad do they want to win now? Jimmy Butler helps you win now this year, and. Could somebody up their offer if they get a bad start to the season or a so-so start to the season? So, you know, for instance, you're looking at a team like Dallas. What if they lose the next two to the Raptors and Jazz and, you know, whatever? And what if they start off and they're like two and six or something like that? And they're like, man, we really, really want to win this year. And they look at certain deals around Jimmy Butler or something like that. And so that that's the and when he was talking about the Mavericks, he was talking about them as he mentioned them with the Clippers as far as teams that are weighing that option of you know do we trade for him or wait until free agency. There's a pass in free agency that doesn't really favor the Mavericks, you know, some. So it kind of you kind of, I don't know you kind of see both sides and really and people and this was one of the, you know things people have tweeted at said what would a deal look like. You know, for the Mavericks. And really, I think it hinges on two different things. It's one of two routes. It's either something around Harrison Barnes or something around like a Dennis and Wes. And that's the whole thing is if if, if they engage, I think it has to go down one of those routes. Uh, the Harrison Barnes thing is, is interesting because Harrison's about three, four years younger than, than Jimmy Butler and they both could be free agents at the end of the season. And he, might be, he might be closer to five years younger than Jimmy Butler. I think, well, Harrison's 26, and, and right now, Harrison's 26 and Jimmy's 29. Oh, okay. I thought Jimmy was already 30. But he could, he could I think he's getting close to 30 pretty soon. Um, but still, like, you know, oh, both no, he of them. not turn 30 until next September. So Okay. Uh, so both of them can, could hit, you know, free agency this summer. You could, however you want to view view that. I would find that very surprising, but you know whatever that is. Then the West Dennis route, as far as you know, you throw West in there to to make um, to make salaries work. And I just think it's too early to give up on Dennis Smith Jr. Agreed. So it's just a really just comes down to if, Den- if Dallas really got involved in the Jimmy Butler talks, it would be like how bad do they want to win this season? That's really all it evolves around 
Because then if you give up something, especially if you go the young route with Dennis, then you're really throwing all your chips in for the next, you know, two or three seasons. Um, the Harrison route, I could understand it if you have some sort of sense from Harrison that he's going to entertain leaving. And that's something not a lot of people are talking about right now because people are already just kind of penciling Harrison in as taking yeah. that next year of his contract at like I think twenty five million. And he, yeah, and he pick, should. either he, picking up the option or they're doing some kind of extension. Yeah, yeah, and people just are, you know we're just casually saying oh yeah he's going to be a part of the future. But what if I'm not saying I'm just saying what if he does give some type of hey I'm just uncommitted at this point I'm, I'm not for sure I might look around I might entertain I might something. Then that could entice him a little bit, you know, if you if you look at it that way. But I still say it's it's unlikely, but it's not something to totally dismiss too. When an ESPN national guy like Wendy, that's plugged in as he is, say says that Dallas wants Butler. So I think the I think if the if Dallas struggles more, I think you look at this story more. But if Dallas turns things around, you know, quick or not even really. Turn, I mean, we're two and two or five hundred. It's not like we're like one and four. I know it feels so bad because the losses are against the Hawks, and <laughs> it yeah. feels like these are 10, 10 loss losses. You know, yeah. If we turn around and we're four and ten, you know, four and fourteen, something like that. I mean, or even, whatever it is, like then I'm looking at this story a lot more. But if they turn around, they keep it 500, and Harrison comes back, and they're you know getting the groove going. That I I I dismiss this story completely. But we'll see, we'll see. That's just my opinion on it. But we'll see. There you go. Um, I just for the record, I would not trade Jimmy Butler for Dennis. Um, I would not trade him for Harrison probably because of the team control, because of it, because of team control and age with Dennis. You just don't know. Um. And because I just I just don't project this team to be a playoff team, and I, I kind of project if they would make a trade involving that, that's a very short sighted move. You're trying to win right now and and hemorrhaging your future, you know, for a, a one year potential thing. Because Jimmy Butler is not he's he's has one year left on his contract, so yeah. And, and but there's a side too that I do understand that hey, I understand like, thinking if about you it. have a if you have a chance to get a top 15 player, top 20 player in the league, that if they traded for Jimmy Butler, he'd immediately become the best player on the team. That's that he would be better than Luka Doncic right now. Yep. And you suck at defense right now and Jimmy's a really good defender. So like I I get that and you would definitely be a better team with Jimmy Butler this season. So like I get those aspects of it. But it's like you say, you know, if you don't think that, if you think a Jimmy, okay, here's 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 what it all boils down to. Whatever the trade package is, if you think that trade package could vault you into that conversation of the into a top five of the West, top six of the West, or top you know three to five of the West, whatever package it is, do you do it? Uh, if it would, I don't think it would. That's and that's that's one thing that that that's what I'm saying. Like, and if if it doesn't, if you don't think it guarantees you or at least puts you in a very very good spot to get you in the top four to five of the West, then I would lean towards not doing it. To yeah. I wouldn't do it if it if it's saying, hey, I think it could you know help us get to that seven to nine range. I, I don't I don't think it's worth it at that point. 
Completely agree. I think that if they did get him, I think that it would they'd be closer to a lock for the playoffs because defense is defense and getting a go-to bucket is the two things that they're really really struggling with right now, and he brings you both of those things. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. There you go. Those are our thoughts about Jimmy Butler. Um. Let's move on. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're taking the pulse of the nation. All right, Isaac. The pulse of the nation. Speaking of Wes Matthews and Wes Matthews trades. <laughs> our guy Rye tweeted me and said, "Remember?" And then he just quoted the tweet from. Uh, Mark Stein on draft night when the Mavericks were talking about and discussing in the Luka Doncic trade with the Hawks, <laughs> the trade was going to be the first or the third pick for the fifth pick and exchanging Wes Matthews for Kent Bazemore. <laughs> I thought about that during the game last night and that was amazing because I didn't think about that going into the game and I didn't think about that like when the game started, but at the end when Bazemore dunked that and I started thinking about like Bazemore's career and stuff, I'm like, Hold up. There was a time in which I thought about him being a Maverick, and it dawned on me. I'm like, holy crap. That was the freaking draft night. Um, <laughs> it was almost – it was disgust. What a coincidence. Uh, that was a really good game. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go out on a limb and make a very bold statement. I would have much rather uh, did West for Bazemore instead of giving up a first-round pick. I know that's bold. Uh, I know that's yeah, very bold. That's, that's really going off on a limb there. That's going way out there. But that's how old a, do you think Kent Bazemore is? Gosh, he was. I feel like he was on the Warriors bench like ten years ago. I know no, forever ago. I don't know. Twenty-seven. He's twenty-nine. Dang. Huh. I know. Interesting. He, he's from North Carolina too. Yeah, he didn't go to Carolina though. No, he went to Old Dominion. That's random. He used to be the yeah, Warriors he, hype guy. He, That's what I remember. He as. used to be the Warriors hype guy. You're, you're totally right. He was on the end of the bench, like before they became the Warriors. He was, he was like if bench. Robert Sacre like became good or like decent, which is hilarious because then he went to the Lakers, and I'm pretty sure he played with Robert Sacre. That's weird. Hmm. Yes, he did. He played on the Lakers with Robert Sacre in 2013-14. <laughs> they had they had Kent Bazemore, Marshawn Brooks, Robert Sacre. They had all these end of the. <laughs> to the bench guys oh man that team was so weird that was with nick young and kobe pow jordan farmar jordan, ryan kelly jordan farmar get out of here why are we going through lakers rosters get out of here <laughs> it was kent basemore it was topical <laughs> um looking back on that trade you, you you think about it differently now don't you um yes because at the well, time you didn't want you didn't want to do it. Because at the time you're like, no, we got to keep Wes and Bazemore. Well, no, 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 you know, no. What? More money and what? Not that it would hold up the deal. Like we were. That's what we were mad about that night. We we're like, seriously, if we don't get Luca because we wouldn't give up Wes Matthews for Bazemore, this fan base is going <laughs> to riot. Now, yeah, yeah. the preference <laughs> back then was, hey, yeah, let's try to get Luca without giving up Wes. And, like, we yeah. were happy with what happened. We're like, yeah, that's cool. Give up a first because we think Luca's going to be that good. But, I mean, Lord, no. Like, Yeah. But No, we, we would have done it then, and I think we would have done it now still for sure, especially keeping the pick. Very true. Very true. All right, give me uh, – you got anybody else in your mentions? Any other? Oh, gosh. Um. Our girl Emma brought up something that I thought was, you know, she tweeted at me and said, they're taking too much threes. Less dribbling doesn't mean you got to shoot right away. Where is all the passing they promised? Yep. No, totally with her. No, scratch that. What I mean to say is, and this is the old, like, um, 
word and then clap emoji, word, clap, word, clap. Yeah. Where <laughs> the blank are Luca assist? That's a great question and a great, great point from her. I was watching the game today. And I was like, man, they're just not passing the ball. I, I keep noting when they have good ball movement plays, and I think I have one from the first half. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's true. And, you know, we, we talked about, uh, I think it was after the first game when he had more rebounds than assists. And I was like, you know, that's, that's kind of surprising, but we'll see how the trend goes. Because I thought, I thought in a million years that um, Luka would be averaging at least six, a game, six assists a game right now. And we had a board. We had a we had a bet on this. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, I'll pull it up real quick. Exactly what he's averaging assists per game right now, but it's got to be like under four, or like three three point eight. Yeah, and you know, I want to look up some like usage on him. I've look, I've been looking up synergy stuff as far as you know how often he's in the pick and roll, how often he's in you know certain sets, um, you know, and all that different stuff, but. Is he in the position to get those assists right now? That's that's a huge thing. Yeah, he, he gets them with DeAndre Jordan in the pick and roll when the roll happens. But I feel like a lot of these plays, he's getting the pick from DeAndre or somebody else. Um, and then he kind of goes around the pick and he makes a decision to, to, to score or throw a floater up so fast. And he can do his floater from so far away that that doesn't give the play enough time for the roll man to actually get in position to do something. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where his assists are going. If you're just talking about the pick and roll, then the other stuff is, yeah, I don't know. He's <laughs> he's not really looking for the, the pass first. He's when he has the ball, he's looking to score, which we want him to be. And it's just that balance that we have to get from a guy that can both score and <laughs> pass really well. And it's that it's kind of what we talked about the other other day as far as how Luke, where he's at, where's Luke is at right now when his shots not falling his scoring output at that point. That's what I'm 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 really curious on as far as like when his shot isn't falling because you know something I've seen the common trend of national stories and different stuff. I saw it in Charks's piece the other day. I saw it in another thing. Uh, I think it might have been a McMahon thing, whatever. People are, you know, not really making fun, but they're just bringing out that hey, his first step isn't that quick. Like he doesn't just blow past people all the time, and that's not his thing. Like we talked about that going coming into the NBA, that he's not gonna, he doesn't have that crazy athleticism to just blow past people like you know, uh, Russell Westbrook or something like that. He doesn't have that. But it's the, I'm just that's that's the whole thing. This whole balance right now is how he gets his points when he doesn't have his shot going to where people give him some room. And to where they, you know, allow themselves room to try to get in front of him, he can get past a lot of people for sure. But I'm just watching that balance right now because he's not shooting the ball particularly well right now. And how is that because of four shots? Is it because Harrison's is not Harrison's not in there? Is it you know? I, I just want to see how that plays out. For sure, for sure. All right, let's take the uh, the pulse of Mavs Nation. You got any? You got a couple posts that you want to look at? I have a few. Um, a common theme of Mavs Nation right now is all about Rick Carlisle. So, um, I mean, the very first one says, "Who?" Or at least on my screen it says, "Who thinks it's time to move on from Rick as a coach?" Um, <laughs> yeah, I have that one. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's. Uh, no, we're not there yet. Um, even though I have some differences uh, with some different things, but no, we're, we're not there. Come on, I, no. I I found a funny one about Rick Carlisle as well. How how long do you think until Carlisle figures out what his players' strengths are? <laughs> 
DSJ. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think he's got a good idea. Uh, this one, I can't. I can't tell if this guy's trying to say uh, DSJ or he's saying DJ. Yes, yes, I saw uh, this one. DJS, whoever that is, is pulling a Dak. Okay, that's kind of funny <laughs> because I don't. You know, Dak is kind of whatever. Dak talking about Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback. <laughs> uh, pulling a Dak, I guess, is you play really well your rookie year. And then not as well your second year because he just didn't play as well oh, yeah. his second year. His rookie year, you know, the whole story about Dak was he's taken over for Tony Romo. Tony Romo's still on the roster. Uh, he came in and played so well that the decision was, well, do you put Tony back in after his injury or do you you roll with the hot hand and Dak Prescott? And they ended up rolling with Dak Prescott. And now Tony Romo's in the CBS broadcast booth and his career's over. And I don't think Dennis is doing that or DeAndre, whichever DJS they decided to. <laughs> Um. All right, I have a I have another one. Um, who's to blame for this loss? Oh, dude, I just clicked on that. You're looking through some okay. of the comments. Yeah, re- read some of the comments. Uh, Jason Garrett. <laughs> That's the coach of the Cowboys. <laughs> um, um, Rick and Wes are uh, are some seems to be the the theme of that one. Yes, uh, very uh, theme heavy of <laughs> of Rick and Wes on this message board or comments which i i watched the first half in the beginning of the third quarter this morning and like wes had a fine game until that fourth quarter we just tried to play hero ball like he was he was doing fine stuff i don't even i i like some of wes's drive things he every once in a while he when he knows what he's doing when it's sparingly he'll drive and kick or he'll drive and do something that, that is positive. But when he just tries it as like a, I have to score. So I have to do this now, you know, he lets the offense come to him. It's better than trying to force something. And you can tell the difference between those drives. Let me give uh let me give one on some West love here. This guy, this oh. guy says, so y'all want West gone? Question mark. Consistency, consistently the leading scorer, consistently keeping us in every game. <laughs> I had somebody else say uh, Wes wasn't the problem when we were winning. Hmm. Um. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, here's another one. Mark Jones said that HB is arguably our best player. Laughing, crying emoji face. That's not that lots far of, out there. Lots of response to that one. Um. I think DeAndre is the Mavs' best player. DeAndre Jordan. Yes. Ooh. I thought that going into the season, he's the best at what he does. There's okay that there's a difference in that. I think yes. Um, Ryan Brokoff's the best at what he does too. Um, as far as playing, f- playing four minutes and never playing shooting games. threes, he's the best on the team at shooting threes. But all right, you have any, you have any more else from the nation? Let's move on. <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of it is just, I mean, I don't want to go too far into this whole like Rick and West thing because a lot of people just, um, you know, this one says, I know the season just started, but Friday is already a must win for Dallas. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, no, we, no, no. we would, we would love that if they won tonight, but uh, it's not a must win right now. Uh, the last one from the Mavs Nation. Don't let the game take away from the fact that Tim Duncan once wore this when accepting his MVP trophy, and it's a picture of Tim Duncan wearing a red T-shirt and jean shorts <laughs> while accepting his MVP trophy from David Stern. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some big jean shorts, Timmy. All right, there you go. That's the that's the pulse of the Mavs Nation. Again, we'll make this a longer segment 
um, later when we are able to do a full pulse of the the nation when my computer is back online. So we'll, we'll, we're going to implement the voicemails again. I got a couple of those. So we'll implement the voicemails more where, like we said, we're going to do some uh, interviews with uh, big Mavs fans on Twitter and social media and everything. So we'll, we'll do that more going forward. That's our plan can, for this, this whole pulse. Of the can, uh, can we end the pod on just a few quick stats? You can yeah, you can give some stats. We're gonna preview the Raptors game real quick. Oh, yeah, so let's yeah. take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll preview the Raptors game. Isaac will give you some stats. All right, Isaac, give us a couple of your your big stats. I know you're you're perusing through synergy today. All right, so after four games, this is where the Mavs rank in the league in field goal percentage. They rank twenty eighth in the league in three pointers. That's not no. Good. Okay, no, 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 no. This is opponent shooting. Okay, after four games, this oh, is okay. where uh, how opponents are shooting uh, against the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks are 28th in the league in that. So, yeah, uh, opponents are shooting very, very good against them. Uh, they're also t- 28th in the league in opponent three-pointers made. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. 30th in the league in opponent three-point percentage. Yes, the teams have just been killing the Mavs. Very them. last in the league in that. Um Here's some Mavericks shooting numbers after four games. The Mavericks are uh, are average are third in the league in three point attempts. Third in the league, they in wow. three point percentage, they're twenty fifth in the league. So they're shooting. Uh, that's a big disparity. Big disparity. They're third <laughs> in the league in shooting the most three pointers, but they're twenty fifth in uh, in shooting that percentage. And la- well, yeah. Last night they were twelve of forty. <laughs> cool. And lastly, the Dallas Mavericks ranked twenty eighth in the league in jump shots off the dribble. Just total or or like efficiency. Total. Oh no no I mean efficiency and like yeah and percentage wise so. yeah they're not points good per at possession that. it's point six seven but twenty eighth in the league in uh, all jump shots off the dribble so take a wild guess who yeah, uh, contributes to that. <laughs> So uh, hopefully against the 5-0 and Raptors tonight, they'll be able to clean some of those things up. The Mavericks are literally coming off the worst loss that they've had in probably the past two or three seasons and coming into a matchup playing literally the hottest team in the league. The Raptors are 5-0. and They have win massive win against the Celtics. They've also beaten the Wizards, the Hornets, the Timberwolves. Uh, their starters are normally what? I'm just saying those are what's a big win against the Celtics. That some of their other wins are the Wizards, the Hornets, and the Timberwolves. I was just stating that as a fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I was saying oh. something to my dog, not you. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you were gonna like go in on the Hornets not being like a good <laughs> no, win. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so it's not like they're playing the you know the bottom of the barrel teams right now. The uh, their starters are normally uh, f- these four guys. So Lowry. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam has started four or five games for them. That's interesting. I thought uh, OG would, but anyway, keep it going. Uh, and then they do a, a rotating of Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, OG, Norman Powell, forever, wh- whoever that fifth spot is. Most of, most of the time it's been Ibaka. So I'm assuming that they're going to start Ibaka at center tonight Yeah. Um, against them. And my guess for matchups as far as defensive-wise, I think that Lowry's going to defend Dennis. Danny Green will probably defend West. Kawhi will be on Luka, and that will be fascinating to watch. Yeah. 
Um, because he has not really played, trying to think through the teams, he's not really played a really great defender. He, and Josh Jackson, I guess, is, is a good defender. Yeah, a re- good defender. But Ariza's not bad, but you want me, true, you want me to give true, you a... True. But this, I mean, this is like the defender, like the wing defender oh, yeah. in the NBA. You want me to give you a, uh, something that does not go well together? Uh, like I just said a while ago, <laughs> um, the Mavericks are 30th in the league in opponent three-point percentage. Uh, the Toronto Raptors yeah. are second in the league in three-pointers made and fourth in the league in three-pointers yeah. attempted. Um they've been uh they've been chucking this year. And last they started chucking last year and now they're they're continuing. So basically there are only three other teams in the league that shoot as many threes uh than the Raptors and the Mavericks give up the best percentage to uh, opponent three-point percentage. So anyway, keep going. As of this point right now, uh we're recording this full disclosure uh at around 3.30 Central Time on Thursday. Um, Harrison Barnes is expected to play. And so I'm assuming he's going to start. And then DeAndre, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious we'll to see. see. I mean, I'm, we're assuming Dwayne Finney-Smith will come off the bench um, I, if, if Harrison plays. But, I mean, we've I've made it pretty clear. I think Wes should move to the six-man role. And I could I, – I could, um, sw- I could take a little bit of his shots if he's in a six-man role compared to now. But anyway, keep on going. Yeah, so Harrison Barnes is probably going to be guarded by Pascal Siakam. And Siakam is a, is a great defender, like a really good defender. Can defend out on the perimeter, good post defender. He can do a lot of things. So that'll be an interesting match, especially Harrison Barnes coming back from injury. And then Ibaka on DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan should probably body him a couple times. <laughs> yeah, you know what's, what's, uh, what's interesting is – the Raptors are second in the league in total rebounds. And they've played, um, you know, they've played five games. So that obviously factors in that compared to a lot of guys, you know, Mavericks have only played four. So this will be the Raptors' sixth yeah. game, the Mavericks' fifth game. But, yeah, I mean, you think that DeAndre can bottle up, you know, body up in a surge. But I, Obaka, and what I've seen with the Raptors, I watched some, uh, a decent amount of their game against uh, uh, Boston and uh, Abaka's been playing decently well. Like I think he looks better this season than he has the past like two seasons. Yeah, yeah, Abaka fitting. I mean, they've been playing him solely at center pretty much with uh, moving Valanciunas to the bench, except for one game I think. Um, so yeah, they've been they've been sticking to that, and it's been really good for him. Um, so yeah, that's what we got to look forward to tonight. Um, man, if they pull off a win, I don't know. Maybe we'll do an emergency pod. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about it. If, if they if they win Maybe. over the weekend, you might get pods. If they lose, we'll save them for Monday morning. We'll save all our takes for Monday, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Boom.